Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude. Dude. We are slowly moving towards Christmas, dude. What'd you get me? We're quite close to Christmas, dude. We're a lot closer than I would like. It seems like it's it's creeping up on us. Did you get me another win in the Vegas draft? I get you that every year. It's not really a gift it's anymore. It's the best gift. It's the gift that never stops giving, dude. It's all. It's always, always there. I get that for you every single year, dude. <laughs> Thanks, dude. It's quite an expensive gift, and I appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, uh, we have some sharks games to discuss. So, uh, enough of your tangents. My tangents. <laughs> Is anybody still listening to this? By the way, I have no idea. Does anyone listen to our podcast? We, we a couple of people who email us, but um, yeah, starting to question. There's so much has changed. In the hockey landscape, too, we've got Kevin Kurz at The Athletic. We've got Greg Wyshynski now at ESPN. We haven't even talked about that. Oh, really? I didn't even know. Dude, where have you been? I thought they fired all their NHL people. They added Greg Wyshynski, Puck Daddy, now at ESPN. That's surprising. So yeah. he's like on TV. Um, I haven't seen him on TV. He may be on TV, but I haven't seen him. There's barely any hockey coverage on TV at ESPN. It's surprising that he would want to go to ESPN to be like 12th fiddle. Yeah, well, they they don't have anybody else covering the sport. I think he's behind, I think ESPN ranks the NHL behind college bowling. <laughs> yes, they do. Coverage. I think you may be right. Yeah. Um, I, I find him considerably less entertaining now when I see his columns. <laughs> it's just like, um, I think I don't know. Yeah, maybe I've just read one or two that don't tickle my fancy. But I'm curious to hear what other people think about. Well, maybe uh, he's trying to break into television, right? Maybe that seems to be yeah. The case. Well, ESPN's the wrong place to do it for hockey. It seems like yeah, that's <laughs> you true. Pick uh, pick something else. It's just interesting in in the in the shuffling of the hockey media deck chairs that you know Pierre LeBrun out, Greg Wyshynski in seems odd. Right, but um, what do I know? I'm just a a poor hockey podcaster <laughs> watching the Sharks and Joe Thornton fight. We're we're avoiding. The Sharks getting pasted the last two games, dude. <laughs> are we, we're avoiding are we avoiding it? I think I'm ready are. to talk about it. Are you? Yeah. Well, go ahead then. The Sharks got pasted the last two games, dude. True. Thanks for joining <laughs> us this week. Amen, dude. Uh, it, it it does cast a, a shadow over what was, I guess you could consider a successful road trip in that they got four points. They beat the two bad teams in Philadelphia and in Florida, and they got completely housed by the best team in the NHL, Tampa Bay. Again, yep, looked totally unmatched uh, against them, uh, especially, I mean, I guess they hung with them for a while, but, uh, and they were, yes, the Sharks were down some players, you know, uh, but I don't think you can convince me that with Tim Heed and uh, Jonas Donskoy, the result would have been significantly different. 
Danny no. O'Regan was the best player on the Sharks that night with two assists, by the way. It's great. Yeah. Um, and then they went to Washington and got spanked by a Washington team that's not very good. I mean, like they're 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 a good team. They're not the team from last year, right? No. Hardly. I mean, they're they have thirty three points. They're sixteen, eleven, and one. Uh, they've won six of their last 10, but they certainly have struggled, but there was some drama last night. The sharks definitely seemed a little grumpy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Capitals seemed grumpy. Joe Thornton, uh, accidentally decapitated TJ Oshie accidentally on purpose. <laughs> I don't think that was on purpose. Did, what, I mean, no. no, I know I buy Joe's explanation of that hit. And when you see everything in super slow-mo, it's easy to say that you can avoid certain things or you can make certain decisions, but uh, he didn't try to go high on him. Osha was falling down. He, he did make contact with his head, and that's why I yeah. understand the Capitals were upset about it, and he had to go answer the bell against Tom Wilson, which Pete DeBoer didn't like, but Joe Thornton seemed to oblige, so I don't know. What, what are you going to do about it? Did you see at the end of the game, dude? Th- this was great. At the end of the game... There's more jawing on the bench right. and the camera focuses on Joe and I could see him saying, Hey, you want to go again? And then he just starts laughing, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he was like, no, you want to go? You yeah, let's go. Let's go. You and me, let's go again. And he's like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right. You know, like that's going to happen again. But um, yeah, the game definitely got with the Brendan Dillon slash, which he's been uh, suspended for a game for that. Yep. Uh, the Joe Thornton hit, which I get it, dude. But, you know, uh, I think Tom Wilson versus Joe Thornton is, is BS. And I I agree with Pete DeBoer. And I would be upset about that, too, if I was the coach of the Sharks. You're going to send out your goonerific right. to fight one of the best players in the NHL of the last 15 years. That's BS. Yeah. It, especially the way Pete DeBoer and the way it happened. And, the, and that's precisely what Pete DeBoer had issue with. If Tom Wilson was on the ice, that hit happened. Then Tom Wilson right. steps up and they go. Right. That's one thing. But to have Tom Wilson come out in the third and say, okay, I'm going to go after Jumbo now. Right. When he probably should have gone after Brennan Dillon or someone who would be more likely to drop. Um, or is generally seen to be more likely to drop, then, yeah, I understand that. It's sort of like, of course, Joe is a big guy and can handle himself, but that's not... No one wants to That's not usually that. the way no. it's done. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, that, that's... You like the, like, Getzloff, Joe? Yeah. You like that kind of fight, That's right? what you want. Like, Tom Wilson versus Joe, that's garbage. Yeah, back in the old days, you know, Jerome Ginla would fight you know, the skill player sure. on the other team. Yeah. You I know, mean, and, and Jerome that, McGinley, Shane Doan, that's exciting. Like that. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you, that, that kind of stuff is exciting. You know, Michael Haley versus Nicholas Backstrom. That's not exciting. No, that's embarrassing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you shouldn't do that. And, uh, this falls into that category. And I say shame on you, Washington capitals for, uh, and, but good on you, Joe Thornton. Yeah. You know, and, and I think he fell, dude. I, I don't think he got, I mean, he did take a punch, but yeah. I think he lost his balance. I think that thing could have gone a lot longer. Sure. If, uh, if he hadn't have fallen down, but, uh, it's usually how these things end, right? Someone sort of shows sure. another person off balance and they all tumble yeah. down. That's it. Yeah. I was trying to think of what game I was watching. There was a fight actually, was it in the, um, 
It was in the Minnesota Wild LA Kings game. I was watching it last night. It was on the NHL network. And Chris Stewart and some kid from the Kings were fighting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a pretty good one, actually. A pretty yeah. good fight. And they end up on the ground. And then you see them like, you're like, you okay? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. Are you okay? Pat, pat, pat. Good job. Good job. <laughs> and I went back and like watched it like four times. It's like, it's fascinating. Yeah. Like these guys are just punching each other in the face and they get down on the ground. They're like, oh, are you, are you good? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey. All right. I need a, See you in the box, eh? I need an idea for a wedding gift. <laughs> uh, yeah. Candlesticks are always, <laughs> candlesticks yeah. always a good idea. Great reference to Bull Durham. Dude. Great reference. Thanks, uh, Um Fascinating. Anyways, dude, um, I'm sure Joe Thornton understood why it happened. Sure. I don't like it. Sharks shouldn't like it. And uh, I don't know. Now they're 30th in the NHL in scoring, dude, yeah. by the way. 30th out of 31. And and also, I think it, they are maybe... Th- if not 30th or 31st in combined goals a game, like, which is a stat, you know, you combine the two averages of teams playing each other. So their games are perhaps the dullest in the league, in the league. And there was an article on the athletic today where Kevin Kurz wrote sharks games, boring. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, basically. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, if you were the coach of this team, that's the only way you can win Absolutely because true. Yes. you don't have the skill players to score. They can't score. They can't score. That's true. There and were opportunities. There were opportunities in both the games that they lost where they, where they could have scored more than one goal. They couldn't do it. They can't finish from skill plays. They can't finish from dirty goal plays. They can't finish period. And now that Don scores out, it makes it worse. Because he's, oh. he's their second leading scorer. Absolutely, dude. It does make it worse. And it, it goes back to, you know, that this team has some clear deficiencies and will management attempt to address it in an appropriate way? The second half is the most important part of what you just said. I think they will probably try to attempt to address it. But the question is, will it be in an appropriate way? I'm, I'm going to go off topic just a little bit, dude, but it does have to do with the Sharks. Are you going to talk about Giancarlo Stanton? No. I am. I okay. knew it. I knew it. Okay, dude, because I think it does apply. Okay. Right? I think it applies. The Giants are in a very similar situation to the Sharks. The Giants were horrible last year. They're the second worst team yeah. in all of Major League Baseball. But if you look at their roster, they were riddled with injuries, and they had some guys who typically performed to a certain level who did not. They have a window of opportunity that probably only has about two or three more years left on it based on the age of their core players. Sound familiar? Yeah, a little bit. So what the Giants are doing is they are trying to get the MVP of the National League Mm -hmm. because they're going to pay the money, right? Now, this is a different situation because there's no cap. Mm-hmm. They're basically going to take this whole contract and give up a bunch of young players, and they're going to try one more time, like for real. And they're going to try and get the Japanese player too, the, the pitcher, Otani. Mm-hmm. If they get both of them, have they mortgaged their future completely? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> they have. But the future wasn't very good anyways. Yeah. Their young players are not very good. They have one of the lowest rated prospect systems in all of baseball. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, it does. So should the Sharks, it's a question. Should the Sharks say, you know what? Screw it. 
Because there's really only one team in hockey right now that I would look at and go, that's a dominant hockey team. Would you agree? The Lightning? There's one. Yeah. I think there's other teams that have been good, but are you scared of the Winnipeg Jets? We just whooped them. Right. Are you scared of St. Louis, really? I'm not. Mm, I'm not. not really. I mean, like, I, I, I don't buy it. Like, right. I just, I don't buy it. I look at the Pacific and I go, eh. Yeah. You know, there's nobody who's Edmonton, the team where we're all afraid of. They're, they're in worse shape than anybody. Right. They're so terrible. could you get behind the notion of pushing the chips in fully one last time and trying to get a difference maker that could push the Sharks over the top this year, knowing full well that if you completely sabotaged two years from now. I, To be perfectly honest, I think the Sharks are more than one player away. They need two more goals a game or a goal and a half a game. And they're, and we're, this isn't 1984. There, there's no player that scores a goal and a half a game anymore, right? No one, no one can score that much. There's very few players who can make that much of a difference on the offensive side. The Sharks need at least two offensive players at this point of that very high quality variety too. Not like, oh, they need Lee Stempniak and Scotty Upshaw. Hey, we're great now. No, they need two. They need a, a top line scorer and they need a second or third line scorer that could give 15 or 20 goals. And there's just no conceivable way the Sharks can go and get that right now. And even if they did that, I'm not sure they'd win. So if I truly felt the Sharks were one dynamic offensive piece away from a run at the title, you might be able to talk me into it. But right now, they're more than that. They're they're the wor- they're basically the worst offensive team in the National Hockey League. Uh, I guess behind Buffalo. Uh, yeah, they have they only have more goals in Buffalo. So that you know that's that's not it's <laughs> not good. No, it's not good. It's not but, good. And, but- and you're and the risk is huge, right? I mean, you'd basically you'd probably kill yourself and the cap for years to come to do this. Because we got Burns' contract and we got Vlasic's contract. So there's some contracts that are in Jones' contract are going to be on the books a long time. If we take on a bad contract, the way the cap works now, you can't really offload it. It's pretty much impossible. So we're going to take another long-term big contract. And then if it doesn't work out, uh, you know, Joe leaves and whatever, we're really in trouble. Yeah, I, I guess... The way I'm not advocating for this, by the way, I'm trying to look at what the Sharks seem hell bent on being in the mix this year. Right. Right. Based on how the lines just continue, they're just continuing to cycle players in and out of the lineup. There's no there's no consistency. They're trying for the formula uh, that works to win now, not trying to develop players into roles they're shuffling them up and down the lineup in and out of the lineup up and down from the barracuda uh the forwards specifically when when paul martin is healthy this is going to happen on the defensive side now too Mm -hmm. you know so some injuries that have forced you know the coaching staff into playing the same guys every night because they don't have paul martin they don't have tim heed right now when those guys are back, they're going to have to make some decisions. You know, who's going to end up not playing? We don't know the answer. I guess 
if I'm looking to approach it like how the Giants have approached it, if you're the Sharks, do you look at, and the name we talked about last week, if you look at Evander Kane, who is playing on a horrible team but has 13 goals. <laughs> the only team worse offensively than right. the Sharks. Right. Well, he has thir- but he has 13 goals. Can you add that player, you know, and give up pieces that you you may need down the road but you don't need right now to try to make yourself a little bit better? Depends on what they want for him, I guess. I just, I don't, that's the the other half of the equation is what could the Sharks possibly offer that Buffalo will want? Our first round pick for the next 20 years? Well, I think that in, in some cases, I mean, the more this goes to the deadline, you know, I think we see the lower the price because they're in a situation, are they going to re-sign Evander Kane? Probably not. If you're Evander Kane, do you want to stay? Hell no. Not really. No. And... You know, if you can find yourself in a situation where, you know, um, it's a, you know, I'm using another sports analogy here, dude. It's a similar situation. This is not a fair player comparison, but like, you know, that the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers to get him the hell away from the Jets, Bills and Dolphins, because those three teams need a quarterback. Right. If he goes to free agency and they just let him walk, where is he going to go? Probably to one of those three teams because they pay him stupid money. He's in San Francisco. He's going to stay because the Niners will pay him super stupid money. And he's as far away from New England as you can get. That's true. So if you're Buffalo, you know, I mean, do you want the Sharks? Would they want to keep Evander Kane? Probably. Do they have the money to keep him? Yeah, actually, you know what? They do. They do. So Definitely. if you're looking for a landing spot, for that player, it could be the Sharks. Um, it, I don't know if it's that far-fetched, dude. From that perspective, that makes sense, right? Because Montreal kind of always needs offense. Maybe Montreal might want an Evander Kane. Uh, but if they trade him to the Sharks, then they won't be able to get him. You're right. That's true. There's other teams in their division that, or in their uh, conference that may want Evander Kane. And you could get him in the West and say... Hasta luego, and you never have to talk to him or see him again. You see him twice a year, and it's not a big deal. So, I mean, you add another 13 goals. Like, you put Kane's 13 goals on the Sharks, all of a sudden, you know, if, if we're just doing stupid bath, right? Right. Okay. Then now they're at 79 goals, right? Yeah. That's not realistic. I understand that. But let's just say you throw it on there. Okay. Well, now they're not embarrassing they're still in the lower half of the nhl right but it's not as embarrassing as what you look at right now like when you're just looking at the stats i mean they're they're full seven goals behind arizona and they're almost 30 goals behind vegas and i know that those teams have played all vegas has played one more games one more game and they're 28 goals more how's that happening sharks don't score ever but you look, I mean, when you looked at the t- players that Vegas drafted, were you like, oh, yeah, they're going <laughs> to score a lot of goals. I would never have thought that. No. And it's just um, something about the way that they're playing. Or they've I don't also, know what. They've also given up almost 25 more than the Sharks have, sure. too. So Which they're is, playing a more you know, open style. Okay. It's working for it's, the regular season, for sure. For I mean, they that team, you keep waiting for it to fall apart. It has not. I don't know, dude. I, I, I guess... 
I just don't, you know, the one thing, maybe one thing that I'm responding to in this argument is I just don't generally buy into the idea that one guy can save a team. And I don't think they're one guy away. This is a team I think that needs to build sort of from the beginning. And they kind of tried this year to their credit and they deserve some credit, right? They didn't go out and they didn't go out and try to get Evander Kane to start. They said, okay, we're going to play Kevin LeBanc and we're going to play Timo Meyer and we're going to play these guys. And Chris Tierney's kind of stepped up. He's got seven goals now, which is like, makes him like the rocket Richard of the Sharks. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, you know, I kind of respect that. And if they just go out and say, okay, we're just going to get a bunch of mercenaries and maybe we'll see if we can make a run this year, then it always seems like those plans fail. It's pretty rare that, you know, over the last, say, 10 years, which teams went and added a top piece and then won the cup? I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Maybe there is one that I've, I can't think of at the moment. But you think about all the teams that have won the Cups over the past 10 years. You know, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and L.A. have won, in gen- you know, the most. And none of those teams went out and added, like, a top-line player. Yeah, maybe they added pieces. You know, Pittsburgh famously, you know, Matt Cullen was a big deal and all this kind of stuff. And I guess maybe Nashville was close, right? And Nashville made those trades that we've talked about on so many shows recently. But still, it's... I don't know. That's those were hockey trades, as you said. Those weren't like, okay, we're gonna trade three first round picks and try and go get, you know, go get one of these go get John Tavares or something. So that's the one thing I just I just don't have a great reaction to it. I'm not really sure why. Maybe it would be it would certainly be fun if the Sharks go out and just start throwing caution to the wind, but I always feel like there's gonna be a flip side of the coin and the sharks are just gonna be balls for like four years. <laughs> and they're not gonna be able to do anything. Well, yeah, I, I guess do you, do you want to be balls after making an attempt to go for it? Or do you want to be balls because you didn't do anything? Like, and you're just sort of stubbornly banging your head against the wall. Like, you want to be Detroit? Uh, no. Like, Detroit, they hung on too long. They hung on too long. Right. And they're paying for it. You know, they're, they're paying yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that's just, that's one of the tough things about being a GM. You know, I don't really envy some of these guys, you know, you're in this sort of middle ground and a lot of these teams are, a lot of these teams are in these sort of middle ground right now. Think about a team <laughs> like, sorry, I just said Detroit's balls. We're only three points better than them. I know by the way, yeah. <laughs> but you think about some of these teams, you know, Carolina, all, you know, we're, who we're playing tomorrow. Um, we've been we've talked about hey they may not be so bad they're still pretty bad right right i I don't want to be carolina although they do have quite a few young defensemen that are exciting does that actually going to translate into being a good team certainly doesn't look like this year (laughs) they've given up 80 goals you know so they're they're not a defensive powerhouse either so i don't know it's just it's just tough i just i don't know i don't know which way the sharks should go at this point in some ways i just kind of want to just blow the whole thing to pieces and just Logan Couture clearly is like the best player on the team now. And maybe you keep Joe around cause he's fun and he has the beard and everything. But, um, you know, everybody else just like, I don't know. I don't know what you do. And maybe, maybe there's a lot more injury stuff that's happening that we don't know about. Right. People have talked about, you know, both Jumbo and Pavelski being beset by injuries. And I don't know what their deal is, but certainly Pavelski is a, is a player we haven't even mentioned yet on the show. And usually he's, he's kind of near the top of the heap and he only, he has five goals in 26 games. He's, he's on pace for 15 goals, you know, 20 less than 20 goals. 
15 or 20 goals. I mean, that is way, way below his normal production. So I, I have to think there's something going on there. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess if I felt like the Sharks had a ton of great young players and that we would really be, you know, gutting ourselves of an outstanding farm system to kid ourselves into winning now that I might be able to defend the let's hold on to these young guys argument. But when I'm looking at the Barracuda stats right now, woof. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, cause we decimated the whole team this year. Basically their five best players are now on the shark. That's true. But, and, and they're not doing anything, right? You know, yeah. except for the D that's not true. The D have been good. Yes. Yes, that's true. But the forwards have not. And you know, but they're, yeah, dude, I, I, I'm having a hard time with, with reconciling for myself, which direction I think the sharks need to go because I, I, I'm seeing how this is playing out with the giants and I'm starting to convince myself that while I know they're not good enough right now to be anything other than a low playoff seed, if that, if they were able to add one or two more pieces, could they make a real run one more time? Do they have the D and goaltender to do it? I think so. That's true. If they were able to add one or two more forwards to pick up the scoring drought, could they push Nashville for supremacy in the Western Conference? That's a tough argument to make. Yeah, it is. Because Nashville is very good. And they're still not operating really at full strength either. But they are on top of their division at this point. They so. are. I mean, Nashville, they're good. Yeah. And they don't have Ryan Ellis still. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a team that down the middle, you're dealing with Johansson, Turris, and Nick Benino. Mm -hmm. One, two, three. That's tough stuff. You know, um, to have to go up against in a playoff series. And that doesn't even go to mention some of their other players. Winnipeg has come on, dude. Although, I, you know, I guess I'll believe it when they win a playoff series. But, I mean, that young core is playing well. Dallas has been hit or miss, but mostly hit lately. Mm -hmm. Seven of their last ten they've won. They've got some very dynamic scoring. St. Louis, I just, I still, I just don't buy it. And we're seeing that sort of they've lost three of their last four. Although they I, are scoring. They are scoring, but, you know, I think the Mike Yo Shimmer will come off that shine real quick. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Minnesota, you're one of your top picks. They're playing great. <laughs> Not doing They're play, We're playing Minnesota on Sunday, dude. So we oh, got, dude, we coming up, we this, got... We're picking this apart. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. You know, but I think as we said all years, the Sharks are at a crossroads. And which path are they going to take? Are they going to push the chips in and go for it? You know, because, you know, I know what Pierre Lebrun wrote last week, that the Sharks might be in on John Tavares in the offseason. Come on. <laughs> right. The more I started thinking about that, give me a break. He's not coming here. No. He's not coming here. Because there's going to be at least... 10 other teams that are going to make that are going to pull out the red carpet for him. And if Montreal or one of these sort of 
marquee teams, the Rangers, somebody will find a way to give him a bunch of money. Why wouldn't he go to one of those teams as opposed to West Coast? Albeit it's a, you know, everybody who comes here and plays says they love it, but this is not a team that gathers free agent stars. And dude, I I want you to to mark this on the podcast. We're going to play it again in the offseason. Are you ready? Okay. The Islanders, Garth Snow is, you know, he... He has cojones, right, dude? Yeah. He's going to do everything he can to make the Islanders as good as possible this year to try and win a Stanley Cup. He's going to try everything to make them as good as possible because it's not just trying to win a Stanley Cup. It's trying to convince John Tavares that he needs to stay. Right. If they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round, then... You're at his mercy. If you did everything you could to add as many pieces as you could to try and make a serious run, which they're a pretty good team this year. They're you know? not bad. They're pretty good. They can score score a ton, yep. actually. Yep. I think they're tied with uh, Tampa Bay for the NHL lead in goals, right? Yep. So uh, keep an eye on them. I don't think they're going to be selling. I think they're going to be buying at a rather uh, ridiculous rate to try and get <laughs> as far as they can this year. Well, dude, coming up, we have three very winnable games. Uh, we have Carolina, we have Minnesota, and we have Ottawa. All right. three of those teams are in the bottom half of their respective divisions. Right. This definitely means the Sharks are going to lose all three games given to what just <laughs> happened a week or two ago when they went and uh, they they lost to Florida, Boston, and then Anaheim. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen. It seems like, you know, and then the Sharks will come back and paste Winnipeg after that. So I don't know what's going to happen with Jonas Donskoy out. I'm, I fear that the Sharks are still going to be at the uh, two-goal ceiling in terms of a per-game uh, rate, which is where they've been uh, the past three games. They scored two, then two, then one. Uh, that's the problem. The Sharks cannot score three goals consistently, and this is a league where you generally need to score three to win a lot of times. So it's There's... really hard to win 2-1 games all the time. It is very difficult. And the Sharks have been the best team in the league at it because they're, they're the second worst in scoring, but they're the best in defense, and so they're still over 500. But I just can't imagine that lasting for forever. I mean, dude, I, I know you're a numbers guy. If you look at uh, the power ratings around the NHL. There's a website called Massey Ratings. They have the Sharks rated as the 10th best team in the NHL. They have them uh, rated over Chicago, over Dallas, over Washington, over Pittsburgh. Um, Their top 10 is Tampa Bay, Los Angeles, Nashville, St. Louis, Winnipeg, Toronto, Islanders, Columbus, Rangers, San Jose. So, you know, that's their power ratings. If you you like the Sagarin ratings better, which is uh, the ratings in the uh, USA Today power ratings, the Sharks are rated 13th behind Pittsburgh, ahead of the New York Islanders. Uh, So uh, neither of those respected power ratings have the Sharks in the bottom half of the NHL. So are we overreacting, dude? Are we overreacting? No, because oh. we're we're just not scoring. I mean, that's the thing, right? No. I mean, you see the Sharks with the number of points that they have and who they've beaten recently. I think one of the reasons why they they might look good in the power rankings is because they beat Winnipeg badly, and Winnipeg is definitely a good team right now, and that really helps them. But the fact that they can't score more than a couple goals a lot of nights is not... 
you know, to, to their credit, uh, last year the Sharks really struggled against the the top uh, third of the NHL. Um, they were 14 and 21 against the teams ranked one through 10 in the Sagarin ratings throughout any point in the year. If you ranked one through 10, it counts. And, and they were 14 and 21. That's bad. This mm-hmm. year, the Sharks are five and four against teams ranked in the top third. And we've seen it recently wins over Winnipeg wins over LA wins over Nashville. Like mm-hmm. um, they got smoked by Tampa Bay twice, twice uh, and they lost to Washington, but they've been competitive against uh, the, the better teams. So, um, they don't have anybody in that top third in this next round of games. They've got Carolina, who's ranked 21st, Ottawa, ranked 27th, and Minnesota, which is right behind the Sharks. So um, these are winnable games. It's a winnable stretch. I mean, that that Western Canada stretch is not as daunting as you might have expected at the beginning of the year, Calgary, not very good. Edmonton, not very good. Vancouver, not very good. But Vancouver's actually ahead of the Sharks right now. I know, but I don't buy it. That's BS. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's, that's one thing I that's don't understand BS, either. right? So y- you look at that and you go, okay, well, these next six games, like there's an opportunity here to pick up some points. Yeah. Well, they take it. Seven games because we're playing Vancouver again. But these are winnable games. Will they win them all? Of course not. Should they win the majority of them? Yes. If you can't come out of these next seven games with 10 points, dude. Okay. It's a failure. Wow. Sharks should win these next three home games. They should get all the points. They should. I'd love that. That's what should happen. You can't lose home games to crappy teams if you're going to be a playoff team. You heard it here first. Yeah, I'm sure no one's ever said that before. <laughs> you can't lose a lot of you games. You can't lose a lot of games. If you're going to make the playoffs, <gasps> you need to score more than the other team to win. Scoring goals is the key to success. <laughs> Don't let the other team score. All right. <laughs> Tune in next week for more wisdom. This is high pitch. <laughs> Do you have a sandwich? Dude, let's... Chicken hoagie. <laughs> uh, let... <laughs> Well, we got through. We got we got we got some winnable games coming up here. Go go Sharks! Right, they got some guys on the IR. They got some guys out of the lineup. But who cares? Maybe they'll win anyway. Go Sharks! Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.